Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Fenway Park in Boston. It's the Indians 11, the Red Sox 5. The Indians take the last game of the series, avoid the sweep, but unfortunately they are still far back in those wild card standings. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And once again, I appreciate you bearing with me. Once again, I'm sitting in a rental car in Colorado recording this, but still want to talk a little bit of baseball because, my God, did the Indians' offense come alive for this finale. Uh, Once again, though, of course, this Cleveland-Boston series came down to a ninth inning. And this time, the Indians' bullpen held it together, and the Indians' offense came through for them and put up Five runs in the ninth inning to leave no doubt about this one. So what are the storylines of this game? I mean, the big storyline is the Indians' offense. Just relentless. 15 hits on the day and a four-hit day from Fermil Reyes hitting in the three-hole today. Obviously, at this point in the season, you can tell that DeMarlo Hale is just rotating guys through on days off, right? Uh, On Saturday's game, it was... uh, Jose Ramirez, and, uh, or no, on Saturday's game, it was Fermil Reyes, and I think Miles Strong got the day off. Uh, on Sunday's game now, Jose Ramirez gets the day off. Uh, who else really got a day off yesterday? Um, most of the other starters were in there. So, yeah, he's clearly giving guys day off, rotating through. So you are going to see some weird lineups at this point in the season, right? Um, Daniel Johnson led off on Saturday because, I mean, why not? You were giving Straw the day off. Give Daniel Johnson a shot. It didn't work out. Um, So today, Fermil Reyes gets to hit in the three-hole. Bobby Bradley, again, gets to hit cleanup. And uh, this offensive combination was really cooking. Now, it helped that the Red Sox have a ridiculous amount of people on the COVID list. The uh, potential starter for them uh, came down or tested positive or whatever close contact he was out because of COVID and that meant Cutter Crawford had to come up and make his major league debut. And it did not go so well for Cutter Crawford. He only makes it through two innings. He did pitch to two batters in the third inning, gives up five hits, five runs, two walks, two strikeouts and a home run. He's going to walk away with a 22.5 ERA in his major league debut. I think uh, he needs to have a conversation with Eli Morgan across the way because Eli Morgan can tell him, don't worry, man, the ERA will come down. You're not going to be stuck with a 22.5 ERA for the rest of your career. Uh, One of the big things in this one, so the Indians put up 15 hits. The Red Sox put up 13 hits. It's not like the Red Sox weren't on base. The Red Sox had runners on base a lot. And you want to know the difference in this game? Finally, the Indians come out on top of this. The Red Sox were three for 18 with runners in scoring position. 3 for 18. The Indians were 7 for 18 with runners in scoring position. That's the difference in the game right there. You want to talk about uh, how to look at a box score and see what happened in the game, what the difference was right there, 7 for 18 with runners in scoring position. So let's get into this a little bit. And it's not like uh, it's not like Plesak pitching for us had an easy time of it either. He goes five innings, gives up eight hits in only five innings. Three earned runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. We'll talk about Plesak in a little bit. The Indians started early by manufacturing runs. 
Uh, they really, really did a good job here with the bases loaded to start the game and nobody out after a walk and back-to-back singles from the first three hitters. Bobby Bradley comes up. Looks like off the bat, it looked like he had got a little more of this, but it kind of dies out in right field. Um, it's a sack fly out to right field, and Miles Straw comes in to score. Ahmed Rosario goes to third. There you go. That's easy. That's easy baseball right there. Man, load the bases up, get a guy to third with uh, less than two outs. Just take a sack fly to right field. Maybe he got it off the handle or the end of the bat a little bit, but he gets the job done. And then Harold Ramirez does the same thing. He punches one out to right field. That one looked a little bit like it might be in the gap, but Hunter Renfro runs it down, and I'm at Rosario scores. So there we go. Two quick runs in the first inning on some smart baseball. You got a guy on third, just put it in the grass. Get it out there, get some lift on it, and get that run home. Uh, Plesak would get into trouble in the first. He would walk Kyle Schwerber. Plesak would walk the leadoff hitter in the first two innings and uh, really get into some trouble because of it. But he did a good job of working his way out of trouble here. So uh, he gives up the walk to Schwerber. Hunter Renfro would pop out. J.D. Martinez would reach out a fielding error, so they have two runners on. But then Verdugo would line out, and Ploiecki would ground out to get out of that threat. Then the Indians answer right back. Owen Miller starts things off with a double off the, uh, maybe hit just above the garage in center field. Uh, but a nice double from him. He really smoked one. Uh, Austin Hedges would ground out, move on to third. Andres Jimenez would fly out to right, but it couldn't get the run home. He tried. He tried, but he could not get the run home. And then Miles Straw comes up, and this was happening yesterday a lot in Boston. Guys going down and golfing balls, using their pitching wedge, and golfing balls out into center field. Miles Straw, frankly, takes a ball here that's at his shoe tops and uh, pops it out into center field, and it brings in Owen Miller to score on an 0-2 count, by the way. And uh, I don't know how many 0-2 counts the Indians got hits on, but I know that uh, uh, Underwood was keeping track of it, and it was a lot. Uh, So Straw does a good job here of bringing in that run with two outs this time. So having to do the work with two outs, get a hit, and bring that run in. Boston would do that to us, though, also in this game. They would go down and get a couple balls in the dirt and uh, make us pay just the same. Uh, Travis Shaw walks to start the second inning. What is going on with Plesak here? Uh, I wanted to check this out. And uh, Plesak, compared to the other starters, uh, you know, what was his walk ratio? What was his hits per nine? Because he gives up eight hits in this one. For the uh, for the veteran starters, his hits per nine are the highest. He's at 8.5 hits per nine. This includes yesterday's game. Uh, so that's pretty high. Uh, Savali was at 7.5 before he got hurt. Bieber was at 7.9 before he got hurt. McKenzie is at 5.5 hits per nine. I mean, think about the starts McKenzie has had lately. Quantrill was at 8.1. Uh, yeah, some of the other young starters are up there higher. Eli Morgan is at 9.1 hits per nine. So Zach Plesak probably needs to get that number down. Probably needs to get that number down underneath eight uh, to be a really competitive starter. His walks are still the lowest of any starter. His walks per nine are at 2.0. But Plesak is not known for striking a lot of guys out. He's only at 6.4 strikeouts per nine, which gives him a 3.15 strikeout to walk ratio, which... Of those veteran starters, uh, veteran starters, Savali and Bieber would be the lowest. Bieber is up almost at four. Savali is just above him at 3.3. So, yeah, 
So that's a number he's going to want to increase. All our starters, frankly, are going to want to increase that number. Even Quantrill is only at 2.53. Tristan McKenzie, for all the strikeouts he does, he also walks a few guys this season. So he's at 2.35 strikeouts per walk. So we want to see those tick up uh, definitely going into next season and limit those walks because that was a thing before McKenzie got sent down. He's obviously course corrected that in his most recent call up. So Plesak, yeah, at 8.5 hits per nine. So he is a little bit up there. Um, and the walks are much higher than they were last season. So another walk to lead off an inning here, this time to Travis Shaw. Then they follow that up with a double. So he's in real trouble here in the second inning. Boston really looking to get back into this thing. But he strikes out Jack Lopez, gets Aruiz to fly out to center field, and Schwarber grounds out the third base to get out of it. So one thing I noticed about this was Plesak used the strikeout to save himself in some very difficult situations. Then Vermeil Reyes says hello to Cutter Crawford by giving up his first major league home run. It would be a shot over the green monster, 26 home run on the season for Vermeil Reyes. And he was talking, uh, I think he was talking after one of the games about the green monster. And he said, his advice to hitters is you have to ignore the green monster. Just pretend it's not there. He was looking to go to right field. He was looking to do his thing to right, right center and just put good swings on the ball. What does he end up doing? He hits two over the green monster. Not only that, he jumps on the national broadcast because his game was broadcasted on TBS while they're in interviewing Tristan McKenzie. And he basically pulls the microphone away from McKenzie's ear and lets everybody know that he had ice cream last night before he came in and hit that home run. So today he went and got some ice cream. What did he do? Hits another home run. Uh over the green monster. So, frankly, I think we all need to have some ice cream anytime Fermil Reyes is up to bat. Uh, they would add on, though. They would add on. Bobby Bradley would walk. Uh, they would finally go to the bullpen, bring in Schreiber. Harold Ramirez would welcome him with a double, a line drive to left field. And then Bradley Zimmer would take one off the handle and flare it out into left field. And this was a great job of base running by Harold Ramirez. Because he saw that the infield was in. He got the jump on the ball. Remember, this whole thing is coming with nobody out. And he got a great jump on the ball and scores from second on a, a ball most people probably would have held up on just to make sure it fell. It's hard to tell off the bat sometimes how bad those flares are going to be. Sometimes they carry a little bit. Uh, and especially with the left fielder, it feels like in Boston, it's always so shallow. So Harold Ramirez gets a great read on this thing and scores from second. And that would be a very important run. That would make it 6 nothing. That would be all they get right there. Um, so, yeah, so great job by the Indians in the first three innings, getting six runs up on the board. That really supports Plesak. And he would need it because they would come storming back on him uh, in the fifth inning. So Plesak, uh, this would be his last inning. Hunter Renfro would start things off with a double to center field. Miles Straw does a great job of playing the ball back off the wall. But he just beats the throw in. Actually does a great slide to get over the tag and is safe at second. Straw plays it perfectly off the wall. In one motion, takes it off the wall barehanded and throws it back in. Uh, then, not so great defense. J.D. Martinez, they credit him with a double in the left field. Frankly, I thought Harold Ramirez did a pretty poor job of getting to this ball. He tries to go into a slide and kind of overruns it a little bit. Uh, I think somebody else out there might have come up with this catch. Oscar Mercado maybe comes up with this catch, but Harold Ramirez can't. It gets past him. 
Uh, and so it's back-to-back doubles for the Red Sox. Verdugo walks. Plawecki goes and gets an outside pitch and gets it underneath a diving um, Ahmed Rosario. That brings in two runs to score. I'm sorry, brings in one run to score. Brings in J.D. Martinez from second. Verdugo moves up to second. Travis Shaw then does exactly what Miles Straw did earlier in the game. Goes down and gets a pitch, frankly, at his ankles. And hits it off the wall. Off the bullpen wall in right center field. For a pitch that has no business being down. What was the exit velocity on this one? Uh, I was hanging out in the MLB app, so I wasn't looking at the exit velocities. Let's jump back over to Baseball Savant. And let's take a look at the exit velocities on some of these. So Travis Shaw's double was 108 miles per hour off his shoe tops. Off his shoe tops, he did that. Uh, And uh, it brings in uh, Verdugo and Plawecki goes up to third. Uh, Dahlbeck would then fly out to left field. So that would finally put an out on the board. Uh, this was all with nobody out. So Dahlbeck flying out the left is the first out. And then this is where, uh, like I said, Plesak was really able to save himself. Devers comes in to pinch hit. Devers getting the day off. I'm shocked with all the guys on COVID that anyone on Boston could even take a day off. But the Boston crowd goes crazy. There's runners on second and third, one out. They think Devers is going to be the one to really bring them back into this game. Instead, he goes high fastball on Devers. And let's see if we can go to this full at-bat here. Because the crowd was really into this thing. And I'm sure that they really, really wanted to see uh, Devers deliver a huge hit here for them. Instead, and I got to reset my uh, chart options here. Oh, I know what's wrong. Uh, we got to go to the pitch types. There we go. So it's a big at-bat against Devers. Uh Uses the fastball, uses the changeup, uses the slider. Starts him off with a fastball, a way that he swings at, uh, swings through. Then he throws him a changeup in basically the same location, and he fouls it off. So keeping him off, uh, keeping him off balance a little bit, at least with the speed of the pitches, and he fouls it off. Throws him a slider that frankly could have been called strike three. Absolutely right on the edge. Frankly could have been called strike three. He doesn't get the call. Throws him another slider that drops out the bottom of the zone. And uh, he fouls that one off. So he lays off the one that's up and on the right edge of the plate, the inside edge of the plate to him. And then he goes and fouls one off and that's low at his knees. Um, the next pitch would be a changeup in the dirt. He would lay off that. So now he's got a uh, 2-2 count on him still. And this time he goes low with two pitches. Uh, I take that back. There's another fastball that he also fouled off. That one was in the zone. Uh, so he tried to challenge him back with a fastball after two sliders, and he fouled that one off. Then the changeup in the dirt. So now he's gone down. He's gone down the hole at bat. He's kept it below the belt. He finally goes four-seam fastball high, 93.2 mile per hour fastball, and it punches out Devers. So a great job there of getting Devers out. And then he's still got work to do because Aruiz is up. And uh, this time he gets him on three straight pitches, a changeup for a called strike, another changeup away that he fouls off, and then a curveball comes back with a curveball. How many curveballs did Plesak throw on the day and uh, gets him to swing through it for strike three? Let's go to the player breakdowns and see how many curveballs Plesak threw. Seven curveballs on the day, carried a 43% CSW on it. So really used them effectively when he needed to. 43 fastballs. 26 changeups, 
25 sliders. That strikeout to Ruiz would be his last batter. Uh, most of the swing and miss came on the breaking balls. They swung 20 times at his slider and whiffed eight times. Uh, 36% CSW on that pitch. 33% CSW on the fastball. Got a lot of called strikes on the fastball. Only 12% on the changeup. That one was not working for him on the day. 29% CSW total on the day. For a guy who's not a big strikeout pitcher, he was able to rack up the strikeouts when it caught, when it counted five strikeouts on the day for Plesak. He was only hard hit in this one six times, but still gave up those eight hits. So then the bullpens would have to go to work. Uh, it would not start so well for Nick Wickren, who gives up the two-run home run to J.D. Martinez. Martinez is a great hitter. He had a pitch that was up and out over the plate, and he drove it out towards the bullpen in right field. And Wickren, I mean, the home run ball is definitely something that he has struggled with. Let's go back to that uh, player stat page for all the pitchers. Let's see what his home runs per nine are, because I'm guessing it's not going to be looking too good for Nick Wickren. And uh, do they have home runs per nine? 1.9 home runs per nine. Eli Morgan is the only one who's got a higher one of the everyday pitchers. Of all, all the bullpen guys, 1.9 might be the Trevor Steffen is at 2.2 home runs per nine. Uh, Blake Parker is at 1.0. Justin Garza is at 1.7 home runs per nine. So the home run ball is definitely something that's been plaguing Nick Wickren and been plaguing, plaguing Trevor Steffen. So it gets Nick Wickren here, uh, gives up the big home run. So it makes it a one run game. It's now six to five. And like I said, it comes down to the ninth inning. Trevor Steffen is actually able to hold it this time. Uh, he gives up a walk, but a strikeout. Uh, Blake Parker comes in, does give up a hit, Gets two outs. They decide the runner moves up to second. They decide to bring Emmanuel Classe in. He gets a ground out to get out of the eighth inning. He's going to go for the four-out save in this one. But the Indians' offense comes through finally. And what a ninth inning. What a ridiculously fun ninth inning. Uh, we, had to, we had to leave the house. And I'm standing there going, no, no, no. I just got I to gotta, I gotta watch one more. I got to watch one more better. I cannot, I cannot walk out of this house. With runners on and Fermil Reyes up in the ninth inning, I have to see how this ends. So uh, Andres Jimenez leads things off with a single. A great stolen base on the very first pitch against Phillips Valdez. I mean, no hesitation. He went on the first pitch, first movement. He was gone. And uh, it was even a high pitch, an easy one to throw on. And he steals this base easily. Miles Straw would walk behind him. Ahmed Rosario would shoot a single underneath the third baseman's glove. Bobby Dahlbeck, it would bounce off that weird facing in uh, left field where it sh- where the you know the fans stands shoot out. Um, the shortstop is actually the one who recovers this ball. The left fielder can't even make it to this ball. Uh, so Andres Jimenez would come in to score. Miles Straw with a hard slide in the third base just beats the throw. And Ahmed Rosario moves up to second on the throw. So a big RBI insurance run right there. And then Fermil Reyes leaves no doubt. Hits a huge bomb off the center field wall for a double. His 15th double on the season. Brings in two runs to score. And he is on second base uh, with a huge double there. And now it's 9-5. to five, And this thing is really blown open. They would add a little bit more. Bobby Bradley with single. Move Reyes up to third. Harold Ramirez would take one off the handle as well. A flare out in the center field. This one drops. The uh, second baseman uh, 
for Boston, who they're out and they're about their third second baseman at this point in the game, cannot make the uh, the sliding over the shoulder catch. That would be Mater. Mater would have a rough game. He was also picked off of first base by Austin Hedges. Uh, so he can't come up with it. It lets Ramiel Reyes come in to score. Bobby Bradley moves up to second. Zimmer would ground into a force out, but Owen Miller reaches on a fielding error, and it would bring Bobby Bradley in to score. Aruiz playing shortstop would bobble the ball a little bit, and Owen Miller hustling down the line, even with a 10-5 to lead. Owen Miller still hustling down the line, and the bobble by Aruiz allows him to be safe, which means Bobby Bradley comes in to score. So another insurance run right there from the hustle of Owen Miller. And then Classe shuts it down in the ninth. Guess what? With ground outs. My God, this guy is good at inducing ground outs. So Classe picks up another save. It would be his 21st save of the season. And holds go to everybody else in the bullpen. So like I said, Wickering gives up the home run. The home run ball plagues him. Trevor Steffen holds the line. Blake Parker holds it. And Classe gets the save. So a great job by the Indians bullpen to help them get the win on this day. And this is where wins for starters sometimes don't matter, right? Yesterday, or two days ago, Eli Morgan pitches fantastic, doesn't get the win, a no decision. This time, Plesak battles for five innings, only gives up the three runs, the eight hits but in the three walks, but only three runs, but he gets the win on the day, where Eli Morgan definitely would have deserved it for his pitching performance on Saturday. Plesak struggles a little bit here, but still gets the win. So when they say wins for pitchers don't matter, this is what they're talking about. Now, we've seen on this show, we've talked about it on the show, there are times when wins don't matter, and there are times when wins definitely matter, when a pitcher can earn that win. So this is a situation where Plesek did what he had to do behind a good offense. Was he technically, you know, the guy who delivered the win, the MVP of the day? No, Plesek was not the MVP of the day, but he gets the win. MVP on the day. By the way, yesterday, it definitely would have gone to Eli Morgan. Sometimes I just blank on this thing. It's my own gimmick. Uh, Fermil Reyes, definitely MVP for the day. Four for four, plus a walk on base five times yesterday. Three RBIs, two runs scored, the big home run over the monster, and the double off the center field wall for Reyes. A huge day at the plate for him. And... This is for Mio Reyes. There's going to be really cold moments and there's going to be really hot moments. You just got to enjoy him when he's this hot. All right, so the Indians deliver a big win here. Big offense from the Indians on this one. They're at 68 and 66. They're still somehow probably in this wild card picture. Um, I guess anybody above 500 at this point might be. They're getting back to a, a positive run differential almost. They're at negative four for their run differential. Seattle is somehow at negative 46 and is still, I mean, 75 and 62 on the season. That's incredible. Um, But yeah, you still have Seattle, Toronto, and Oakland ahead of them. They're all chasing Boston. They're all very thankful that the Indians were able to come up with a win there so that everybody had a chance to move up. Seattle and Toronto got to move up a little bit on Boston. And the Yankees are only a half game up of that for the first wildcard spot. So it's not like the Yankee spot in the postseason is that secure. Uh, Seattle, Toronto, Oakland, and Cleveland are all chasing both of those AL East teams in this wildcard. They very easily could fall out, and you can end up with something crazy like a 
Seattle, Toronto, or Toronto, Oakland, or Seattle, Cleveland, sneaking into that wild card. So a lot of work still be to be done. We know it's a giant uphill battle for Cleveland. But until that magic number hits zero, you know, uh, technically they're still in this thing. So that is all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Remember, for show merch, visit uh, clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com for premium T-shirts, hoodies. We got coffee mugs for men, women, kids stuff. My little nephew's got a Cleveland Baseball Mornings T-shirt. My buddy in Chicago got his daughter a Cleveland Baseball Mornings T-shirt. So go ahead and rock the Cleveland Baseball Morning brand and just let people know about the podcast. Uh, So I appreciate everyone that put in those five-star reviews. Uh, and earn themselves free t-shirts. Uh, that stuff will be sent out soon. Uh, and if you want to, go ahead, leave a rating and review. It helps the show grow. So that's all my thoughts on this one. Again, the final from Boston. It's the Indians 11, the Red Sox 5. You can join me uh, tomorrow. We'll be talking about this uh, Minnesota game. We got Minnesota coming to town. Again, it's Logan Allen. We're going to start the six-man rotation. So Logan Allen is going for the Indians and this one against Ober for the Minnesota Twins. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Ferris. You can email the show, Mornings at gmail.com. You can leave a message using the Anchor app at, uh, at uh, Cleveland Baseball Morning. Uh, what is it? Anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings. That's all my thoughts. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.